Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. When Leanne and I were married a little over 42 years ago, seems like yesterday. Uh-huh. I know I don't look 42, but she's the one that actually doesn't look 42. The first TV we had was a 17-inch tabletop, black and white, with the channel knob on the top. Change channels. And you pulled the door open on the bottom, a little small door on the bottom, and there were four knobs <clears throat> behind that door. Horizontal hole, vertical hole, brightness, and the fourth knob was contrast. Now that contrast knob, <clears throat> you turn it all the way to the right and everything turns gray. You see some objects moving on the screen, but you can't really tell what they are because everything's kind of grayed out and looks the same. You turn it all the way to the left and everything is either black or white. No, no gray, no, no intermediary in, in between there. And I, I thought of that this, this past week as I was preparing this message in terms of John taking, if you want to turn to 1 John chapter 4, it's where we are today, taking the contrast knob of faith and turning it all the way to the left, all the way to black and white. Because we are living in a day where our culture is getting grayer and grayer and grayer, where there are, where all truth is relative, little truth is absolute, and very little is black and white. Um, that's starting to change, I believe, in our culture. Uh, we're, we're increasingly politically polarized, but I see some spiritual change too that is both encouraging and discouraging at the same time, depending on your perspective. But John says here that contrast should be obvious to the world where, where it comes to believers walking our faith out. Follow along with me, if you will, in verses 1 to 6 of 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God, and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. We're called to live a distinctive life. Um, it's, it's hard sometimes when you can't tell the difference between the good and evil. Up on the screen is a picture of two ladies. One of these ladies is a murderer, and the other one is the one who's murdered. Can you tell which one's which? I couldn't either until I, knew, until I read the story. It's, it, it, our, our norms, our values, our culture is becoming so gray um, that the contrast is getting harder and harder to see. 
it's much harder for you and I to live a distinctive lifestyle. That's what we're going to talk about today is, is this lifestyle of distinction. Something's wrong if people can't tell the difference between us. First thing I want us to see from this text is this. A distinctive lifestyle filters everything through the Word of God. Filters everything through the Word of God. Look at verse 1 again. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but watch this. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Test the spirits. Why? Because what we, what we believe matters. Uh, it matters because it affects how we live. It affects how we relate to the world. And if we absorb this coexist culture that we find ourselves living in, and by that I mean the Christian faith, the Christian religion is, is on equal par with all the religions. They all lead to God in some way. Uh, if we absorb that, that mindset, then every theology is a valid path to God. Is that what you believe? Is every theology a valid path to God? The, the false prophets that he speaks of here are those under the umbrella of Christianity, understand, but have actually formed a belief system around their own self-importance, their own self-interest. In essence, their own, being their own God on, on their own throne, they are in part deity themselves. So how do we test the spirits? How do we know the difference? What, what we should trust and shouldn't trust, what we, what we should allow in? and what we should keep at bay. Well, John already told us in chapter 2, verses 20 and 21, you want to turn back there, it says this, uh, but if you, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth, I do not write because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and no lie comes from the truth. This anointing from the Holy One that he speaks of in verse 20 is the Holy Spirit himself. And so how do we know, that, how do we test the Spirit and know what's true from what's error? The Word of God in line with the Spirit of God. The Word of God and the Spirit of God will always lead us to the truth, always, every time. And we dig our nose in this book and listen to His Spirit, His Spirit will confirm the truth of His Word to us. A distinctive lifestyle filters everything through the Word of God. Secondly, a distinctive lifestyle focuses on the Gospel. It focuses on the Gospel. Look at uh, 2 and 3. Again, it says, This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard and is coming and is now even already in the world. Jesus Christ, he says here, has come in the flesh. That, in essence, is the gospel. Jesus coming from heaven, living a sinless life, taking that sinless life to the cross, shedding his blood for your sins and mine, being buried in a borrowed tomb for three days, coming out of that tomb, resurrected on the third day. Forty days later, ascends into heaven, makes a promise of his return, and that friend, is the gospel. That's where we should center our thoughts and our ideas and our, 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 our theology around. There's a couple of reasons, and I'll share this with everybody in our, in our Connections class, which is our, our class, it's our pathway to membership here. I share with, with, with folks in this class, Crosspoint is intentionally a non-denominational church for a couple of reasons. The first is you won't find denominations mentioned in the scripture anywhere. They're not evil, understand, nothing wrong about that, but they're just not in the scripture. But the second reason we're not a, a denominational church is that denominations tend to, unintentionally, but, in, but tend to divide the body. And, and as our world looks at, at the body divided and wonders, where is truth in all of that? Is it what these folks believe? Is it what those guys believe? And denominations, as I said, un, unintentionally divide the body oftentimes, so we're... we're uh, we'll perceive differently than what, what is actually true and real. 
Um, and that division, oftentimes we think or believe it's theological. But it's more often than not ideological. Meaning, it's not around the theology of God's word, it's around the ideology of what I think is right and wrong. What is, what is truth as I perceive truth? What's the way to do church as I perceive it to be? What, what is right for us? A world that needs to see Jesus needs to see believers united around one thing. And that one thing, friend, above all else, is the gospel. We need to be, regardless of denomination, regardless of belief, united around the gospel. If we can't unite around the gospel, we can't unite around anything. And, again, if we can't unite around the gospel, one of us needs to repent and get saved, is my opinion. But we need to, need to find ourselves united around the gospel. Um, we need to be mature enough to move beyond, whether it's perceived theology or ideology, to move beyond our sense of right and wrong and focus on lost friends who need to hear Jesus, the lost friends who need to understand that he died for their sins and offered salvation to them. They need to see that in our priorities. They need to hear that coming out of the cracks of our conversation. They need to see that in how we walk through life in this walk of faith. Uh, because a distinctive lifestyle focuses on the gospel. Thirdly, not only does a distinctive lifestyle filter everything through the word of God and focus on the gospel, but thirdly, a distinctive lifestyle finds its strength in the Holy Spirit. It finds its strength in the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Because, watch this, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Who's the one who's in you? Listen to John chapter 16, verse 7. Very truly, I tell you, it is, not, or it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. This advocate, this one you have, that we have advocating on our behalf to the Father, interpreting our prayers to him, standing in, in front of him on our behalf, is the Holy Spirit of God, the indwelling spirit who is in us. Uh, the Holy Spirit's power, this verse says, is greater than the power of Satan, greater than any power in this world. Uh, this world knows that the power in us is greater than cancer. Power in us is greater than fear, any fear that you have. It's greater than depression. It's greater than any addiction known to man. The power in us is greater than loss. It's greater than greed. It's greater than, than an uncontrollable temper you may have. The power in us is greater than any attitude problem we have. It's, it's greater than any troubled marriage I've ever seen. The power in us is greater than any failure you've you ever experienced. Anything we, we've allowed the enemy to intimidate, intimidate us away from or toward. Anything we've allowed the enemy to defeat us with. Uh, this, it's important you and I walk in the truth. That, the, that who, he who is in you, in you is greater than he, than he who is in the world. And he who is in you and you and you and you is greater than he was in the world. We need to walk that out and live that out intentionally because a distinctive lifestyle finds its strength and its source of strength in the Holy Spirit. Finally, a distinctive lifestyle not only filters everything through the Word of God, focuses on the gospel and finds its strength in the Holy Spirit. Fourthly, a distinctive lifestyle faces skepticism with the power of influence. It faces skepticism with the power of influence. Look, verses 5 and 6 again. They are from the world, and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. We're in a battle for the hearts of men and women. You can either ignore that battle or find yourself engaged in it, but we're in a battle for the hearts of men and women. 
Some of them in your life and in your world may be family. Some may be friends. Some may be folks you work with. Uh, but it's, it's true that in that battle, our enemy, the devil, is going after them in subtlety. He's going after them more overtly than he ever has before in, in the open and showing his face to, to a far greater extent than he has. He's going after them incrementally and all at once at the same time. He's going after them tenaciously, and he, he's not going to give up because I believe he knows and suspects what you and I hope to be true as well, that, that the coming of Jesus, the rapture of the church, is near. And I believe he's ratcheting up his efforts to come after the hearts of men and women. Meanwhile, we often find ourselves up in the stands pointing to those who are in the game. Beware, Satan's over here. Watch out over here. Here he is over at work over here. Don't go in this direction. I see him at work over here. We find ourselves as observers in this, in this game instead of getting out of the stands, down on the field, getting into the game, pointing him out, uh, spitting in his face, knocking him in the mouth and said, not here, not in this church, not in my home, not on my job, not in my family, not among my friends, not among these, these areas of my life, not in my checkbook, not in my marriage. We need to be engaged in the game and hit him in the mouth to, on a regular basis to say, not here, not today. Uh, your influence is powerful in that way. But we've got to be engaged. We can't be spectators in, in our faith. We've got to get off the, off the, out of the stands and on the field and, and, and into, the, into the play of the game itself. It's, um, th there's power in your story. That's where the influence comes, is in how the story of the gospel has intersected the story of my life and has changed not only my eternity, but my present, my day-to-day, -day, my attitudes, what I do with money, how I handle marriage, how, how I do, do, do friendships with others, do relationships. Your influence and your story is what matters most in this battle for our culture because God has placed you where you are intentionally to reach who is around you in your world. You have influence, whether you're aware of it or not, and people are watching, whether you're aware of it or not. What are we doing with that influence? How is it being brought to bear? Well, a couple of observations. First is this. Jesus was undeniably in the world but was definitely not of the world. He was here, walked a sinless life, was all human, yet all divine. He was in the world, but was definitely not of the world. He was distinctive. He was different. He was taking the contrast knob and changing it all the way to black and white. So you can see the difference in him and the difference between others in this world and in our culture. So that being true poses this question for us, and that's this. Is there anything distinctive about you? Or do you pretty well blend in with everybody else around you? Is there anything distinctive about your life where people can point to you and say, even, even those outside the faith, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something different about him. There's something different about her. She, she sees life through a different lens than I do. Th their priorities are different than mine is. They do different things with their money, different things with their time. They, they see family through a different lens than I do. And I can't put my finger on what's different, but there's something distinctive and different about them. The people say that of you or we pretty much blend in and, and, and do our best to fit in and not be, not be noticed. Um, there's, there's consequence to both. The consequence to getting out of the stands and in the game is that we're going to get beat in the mouth every now and then. The consequence to, to, to staying in the stands is the people in our world 
who need to see Jesus and need to hear, hear, him, hear about him from our story and need to be engaged in our life. May never hear if we never get engaged with them and our faith isn't walked out intentionally in front of them in an active way. Um, and in doing this, you don't have to make it your mission to shake, shake it up. Uh, <laughs> that will take care of itself. In fact, um, look down at verse 17 of, of, of chapter 4. Um, this is how, we, how, how, how love is made complete among us so that we'll have confidence in the day of judgment. If in this world... We are like Jesus. If, we, if in this world we are like Jesus, we're not going to have to worry about stirring the pot. It's going to get stirred. If in this world we're like Jesus, you're not going to have to worry about telling your story. It's going to get told. If in this world you're like Jesus, you're not, not going to have to worry about, uh, is my life distinctive? Is it, it, are, are things being noticed spiritually? Is, is Christ more obvious in my life than I thought he was? It's going to be that way if in this world you're like Jesus. Uh, all that's going to take care of itself. But there's got to be some level of intentionality on how you live and how I live and how, how you make decisions and how I make decisions and how your walk affects your world and your world affects your walk. There's going to have to be some intentionality there because we're called to a life of contrast. That's exactly what John's saying here. Turn the contrast knob up. If you're going to walk with Christ and be his, it's going to turn the contrast knob up in your life. If there's no contrast in your life, First of all, do you know Christ as your Savior? Secondly, have you made a decision that he's Lord, in essence, to say, God, all I have is yours. All, all, all I know is, you, is yours. My family is yours. My money is yours. My job is yours. My life is yours. My world is yours. Teach me how to, how to live and walk that truth out in front of those around me every day. Um, there's got to be some t intentionality to that or it's never going to happen. The enemy will say, just stay in the stands. Just step there and observe. Point out what you see occasionally. Just stay in the stands. Keep your mouth shut. The more you and I are engaged, the more contrast there is. The more contrast there is, the more people are drawn to the Jesus in you. That's where I pray we desire to go today. Uh, this, this culture, need, this city needs it desperately. And your life and my life needs to tell that story. Let's pray. Father, today as, as you've drawn our hearts and minds around this idea of contrast, and your disciple John has pointed it out so clearly in this text today. We find ourselves facing the juxtaposition of truth or not. Do I believe this is true and walk in it? Or do I question whether this is real for me and right for me or not and stay on the sidelines? I trust today that you have caused each of our hearts to recognize the truth of the fact that this applies to every believer, not just those standing on a platform with a book to, to teach about, not just those standing on a platform with songs to sing. Not just those on a mission field somewhere telling people about Jesus, but each of us in the world you place us in, walking faith and truth out in ways that draw people to, to Christ in us, in ways that make us distinctive, in ways where the contrast has caused him to notice you and not us. Would you give us the desire to walk in that place, to make that kind of difference, to be intentional about it, to declare our love for you readily and willingly, openly. To declare our life and allegiance to you, to whoever wants to hear it, the story of your change and your story has affected ours for eternity. Stir those things in us tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday. The enemy's going to come after us. He's going to tell us you don't know enough. You don't have enough influence. Just keep your mouth shut. 
You got the heaven thing taken care of. Just keep your mouth shut. Keep your head down. That's not what you called us to. You called us to live in a, in a gray culture with black and white contrast. Give us the desire, the motivation, the opportunity, the courage to walk in that truth today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ. 